2nd of January 2019, five British podcasters met up to talk about horror films. What follows is the only surviving record of that conversation. Happy New Year! This is episode 24 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. After Christmas, we're stuffed full of found fromage, so what better time to talk about found footage? I'm Cliff, and busily recharged... Yeah, it's good. No, I thought that was good. That was great. Thanks. I'm Cliff, and busily recharging their camcorder batteries are CJ, Emily, Bryony and Phil. Hello. Hello. Coming up, we'll be discussing Cannibal Holocaust and Man Bites Dog, and we'll be finding out what your top five found footage horror movies are. But first, our highs and lows from the last month or so of horror viewing. So, CJ, let's start with you. Probably Better Watch Out is is my low, uh, which is a Christmas horror, but I believe has at least one fan amongst us devils. Uh, And it's it's funny, I think maybe it was uh, the weight of expectation, because I got given a copy of uh, Better Watch Out many, many months ago whenever it came out, so it's been sat on the shelf waiting until Christmas, and I was so excited to finally bust out the Christmas horror that I've been waiting all year for, and oh, might as well not even have been set at Christmas. There was hardly any... Festivity, very few, uh, very few songs. Uh, <laughs> wasn't the Christmas <laughs> movie I was expecting. Um, Is that your main issue with it? It wasn't Christmas. Um, well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't festive. Uh, like I'd hoped for more festivity, uh, and I don't know. I'm just not into that kind of plot where somebody gets tied up and somebody torments them for ninety minutes. It's just very like no, you know like that, that they're that. not going to escape because it's forty five minutes into the movie. Maybe at 70 minutes in, they might escape. <laughs> I don't know. There's just a grim inevitability about that, that kind of plot. I uh, I didn't really enjoy it. So that was that was my low. Well, I know I've talked about this back in, in fact, last December um, on episode 12. So, Bryony, do you like Better Watch Out? Yeah, because I basically, you know, when we got um, Killer Kids and I, I bought, I went out, but I didn't go out. I clicked the button to put it on my tablet. So I, I purchased it digitally. And I had the same CJ. I was like, I'll leave it as well till Christmas. So I watched it on Christmas Eve, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, it wasn't what I was expecting, which is why I enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know, maybe because I was Christmas Eve jolly, there was a lot of, um, <laughs> which helped because there was a lot of me going, oh damn, oh no, oh, oh, oh is, is it, oh no, um, which <laughs> I like when a film makes me do that. Um, I remember being yeah. disappointed at one of those bits where like some, some someone could get their head splattered, but you don't actually yeah, see but it. Yeah, cuts can. away before. Mm-hmm. But you see, yeah, you see the remains, and I like because you know it's a callback to um, Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin, or is it? You know, he's changed his name to Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. He has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin's changed his name because I did not know. Yeah, that. didn't he change his middle name to like his first and second name? So yeah. He so his a, name is Macaulay Culkin Macaulay Culkin. No, it's Macaulay, 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 Oh, phew, for a minute I thought that was ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Brian, you were going to say that it was a reference to Kazuo Ishiguro's Remains of the Head. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. It's definitely Very cultured. That's, well, that was the first thing I thought, and then I thought about Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, my high... I'm really, really struggling with a high. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of horror movies over the last month. I could do a high that I think I might have done last January. I'm going to say Santa's Sleigh was my high. 
Uh, of course you do. My... Do you watch it every year? Yeah, I do. Every year, Christmas Eve, it is my absolute favourite. No, no, time. no. I tell a lie. You did not. You have did never I mentioned not? Santa's sleigh before. Oh, Ooh. fantastic. In which case, I'll start again. My high was Santa's <laughs> sleigh, which I watch every single Christmas Eve, and it is the best Christmas film ever made, as far as I'm concerned. It, that is festive as fuck. You cannot get a more festive Christmas horror film than Santa's sleigh. It's really inventive, really uh, fun, different. You just you, you never know where it's going. I've, I've watched it every year for the last ten, years, the last eleven years, and I, I still see things. <laughs> do you, do you want to know what your before. high was last December? No, go on. <laughs> Snowman's. Snowman's. Oh, <laughs> fucking love that! I didn't, was... I didn't know I could get away with choosing a, a film like Snowman's. Um... Is that a porno? It sounds like it should no, be. No, it's, it's a... <laughs> by Raymond Briggs. <laughs> oh, uh, so that and Santa's sleigh, both strong choices. Right. Mm. Right. <laughs> I need to watch that now. Sounds great. I've expressed my high through the uh, the language of sound, um, but it was better, better watch out your high. Yeah, okay. it was my high. Um, Fair enough. My Right, so I watched that Bird Box on Netflix, right? Oh, I'm glad you picked this. Yeah, but then, because I like films that are like sort of post-apocalyptic, zombie films are my favourite films, and especially the ones that are like post-post, like, oh shit, everything's gone to shit five years ago. So I watched that Bird Box. Bird Box was meh at best, but then I went on to watch uh, a similar film called The Happening, which is the M. Night Shyamalan one. Oh, it's right. hilarious. It's kind of my low in that I really enjoyed hating it because um, they have so many moments. Like, There's a bit where he's trying to get his head together and everyone's like, Zoe Deschanel, Gooey Bechamel, she's basically like stoned throughout the whole movie. And she's like going, we have to do something. We have to do something. And then Marky Mark just goes, oh, because he plays a science teacher because he's Marky Mark and he's versatile. And uh, he goes, ah, ah, do science, douchebag, uh, which is a great <laughs> moment. So it's terrible. It's my low in that I have found that most of my lows are ones that I, re- I would watch again, to be honest, because they are just shit, <laughs> but really entertainingly bad. I've got The Happening on DVD. It's not great, but it's um, it's a lot of fun. I like the fact that he can outrun the wind. That's good. He can outrun the wind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, old woman... You iron my lemon drink. Yeah, quit iron my lemon drink. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> no! Where? No! <laughs> I, I love that happening. I, it's, uh, it's a genius piece of shit. <laughs> the, the second most controversial thing I've ever written was uh, an extensive uh, defence of the happening on uh, oh God, Den I think Peak. I read that. And, uh, yeah, I got so many comments. And every now and again, without my knowledge, uh, Den of Geek will roll it out again as, like, a front-page article in defense of the happening, and it all kicks off again. And loads of people are like, I will kill you! It does seem like the sort of film that gets better with age, right? Like, like it's terrible when it first comes out, and every time you watch it, it's, like, it's funnier and better and as each time goes past, I think. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, I've never seen The Happening. I've seen a lot of people compare Bird Box to it, but uh, as I haven't seen it, what Bird Box reminded me of, it's like the first bit of, of Cell, Stephen yeah. King thing, and the middle bit of The Mist, the Stephen King thing, and then obviously the last bit is The Quiet Place. So, so it's like incredibly derivative. I read the book. I read. I was recommended the book. Mm. And then I saw A Quiet Place after sure. that, and I thought, I wonder if The Quiet Place is... Um, 
are almost like an, a, a go at adapting it the first time round because they're like because in the book you can't obviously you don't know what anybody is seeing and so it'd be very mm. difficult to make a film of it and I wonder if they thought ah oh, fuck it let's just do it when no one can make any noise rather than no one can see anything because it's the same yeah. story really um, but mm. I thought the book was pretty poo as well so I, I wasn't surprised to hear that the film's a bit of a cack well loads of people are loving it but um... are they well, yeah, I find people it really are stupid. But I think I think, it, I think it's, it's it's people who don't watch many horror films, from what I can make out. You know, them lot. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, my high, which for some reason has some has become kind of a Christmas thing for me, was a rewatch of Quatermass in the Pit, the okay. um, Hammer um, Hammer film version. That's always mm. fun. For some reason, one or other of the cable channels that my mum has will always show that around Christmas. So my mum's like, "Oh look, Quatermass in the Pit's on. Shall we watch it? It's really good." I'm like. We had this conversation last year, and the answer then was yes, and it is now. So, yeah. <laughs> what could be more festive than bonding with your mum watching um, psychotic aliens that might actually be creatures from the middle of the earth? Um, and my low is um, the Netflix movie Apostle, because uh, I love a bit of folk horror, and um, that is not a good bit of folk horror. It's no. only notable for the fact that Dan Stevens in it plays – he's, he's – He's trying to do, um, I think he's meant to be kind of broody and tortured and menacing, but he's like, he looks like an excitable dog that's sort of aware that there's a tennis ball somewhere in the room. He's got kind of like bulgy out eyes and he's always like, Ugh, and it's just, yeah, bollocks, basically. <laughs> and something that shares with Bird Box, with them both being Netflix movies, is it's way too long. And I wonder if the yeah, fact that it's, going, that. it's not, not having to, you know, book its places in cinema screens is, you know, making these Netflix releases longer than they need to be because, I think you know. It's that they give them uh, a lot of creative control. So there isn't mm. somebody there who's thinking about the commerciality or the audience reaction. They're just like, yeah, there you go. Have a load of money. Make whatever you want. And then... I was wondering if this one was actually meant to be a TV series. Because mm. that would explain why it's so bloody slow. And the fact that you almost feel there's going to be characters that are going to be interesting and then they're not. Because it's like all their you're going to get all their backstory and then that didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, it's um, mm. it's not great. Well, I felt that way, um, it's not horror, but I felt that way about Sorry to Bother You. And I think there's a horrible trend of um, certain types of American cinema really becoming a bit like TV. You know, mm. like people have, people have been saying, oh, TV's better than cinema these days. And I think a lot of filmmakers are saying, well, we better make our films more like TV is mm. these days then. Is that not that. good then? Because I thought it was, I've, I've heard people like Sorry to bother um, you. I phrasing that to the I skies. Just, I found it really sort of unfocused and lo over long and... I don't know. But then I don't like I don't like that kind of TV, which mm. is what it reminded me of. To me, it felt like made in the style of, you know, current American TV, prestige TV, high concept Netflix shows kind of thing, which I've no interest in. So, mm. yeah. So if you've got a tolerance for that kind of thing, you might like it. Um, Phil. Hello. Um, I feel like a bit of a dick doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> my low is the Mark Gattis TV ghost story, the ghost story for Christmas. Oh, shit, wasn't it? Um, I feel really bad because I really like Mark Gattis and I wanted so much to really like it, but it was proper poo. Mm. And it's different. I don't know if Mark Gattis is hamstrung because he really, really, he loves um, those M.R. James ghost stories. He loves them and he really wants to try and recreate something. And mm -hmm. I don't know why he falls short every single time he tries to do them, but they're never scary. They're always overblown. And it was really, really overblown. You could see it coming a mile off. Um, all of the sort of intricate sort of story parts that were supposed to come as a big surprise 
Um, you just went, oh, right, it was probably because he murdered his gay lover. Oh, yeah, and that's like 45 minutes later, that's what happened. Um, and then you get one shot of a monster and it's sort of done. And so I felt really short-changed. Um, but then it felt a little bit like BBC Two just really wanted to kick him in the balls because afterwards they showed Lost Hearts. Did you did you watch Lost Hearts afterwards? No. No. Lost, I think I've Lost seen Hearts, it before, though. I'd never seen it before, and I love all those seventies like Whistle and I'll Come to You, you know, M.R. James. Um, oh, those are great um, yeah. adaptations. But fuck me, it was like it was like they'd gone. This is how it's done properly straight afterwards, as like yeah. a kick in the balls to Mark Gatiss, because Lost Hearts is freaking terrifying. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> like, the continuity announcer also say? Oh, she fucked it right yeah. up. Yeah, more of Mark Gatiss's horror stories or whatever you can watch inside number nine which he yeah. is involved in and then in. Twitter just exploded <laughs> yeah. didn't yeah. that's really. a double whammy <laughs> kick in the balls this is what it's you get for the last series of Sherlock Gattis <laughs> also it looked like the budget for his thing must have been about a fiver because it was yeah. just yeah. a single location two actors I mean it's yeah it's just it, it's just Simon Callow talking in a place isn't it in a, in a yeah. sort of plummy voice yeah um, what a shame. And so, yes, that's my low and my highest lost hearts afterwards because I couldn't sleep afterwards. Freaky, oh, yeah. dead, non-hearted, long-fingered children dancing to zithers. Mm. <laughs> wow, what the fuck is that? Awesome, actually. Midnight yeah, on Christmas Eve. Film, so Very 70s me, yeah. kind of spooky. There were a lot of brilliant um, TV horror movies. It's got, it's got lots of stuff which is, which is now cliché. But it's done so well that it was proper spine chilling, like dead, like 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 apparitions looking out of windows and sort of like like long fingers tapping against things mm. and all that sort of stuff. But it's just it was just really really atmospheric and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. All right, my high was um, <laughs> kind of unsurprisingly last Montreal's new one, the house that Jack built. Has anyone caught that yet? No. Oh, it's about ten hours long. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. It's it's oh. it's fine. It's great. Um, it's basically like a kind of horror version of Nymphomaniac or a serial killer version of Nymphomaniac. Um, so it's the same kind of structure, like with five chapters and pe- and uh, the main character talking to someone about his, his career has been like as a serial killer and there are interjections and philosophizing and stuff like that. Um, but I wish I'd known going into it that it was a, um, it's all a metaphor for, Von Trier's own controversies because mm. I didn't that didn't really click until about well over halfway through, and um, <laughs> it made me feel a bit stupid that I hadn't noticed <laughs> until he literally starts showing clips of his old films. Uh, <laughs> subtle, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really good. It's really good fun, um, and I mean we're very grim in places, but but pretty good fun <laughs> as well. And my low is lit. I mean. How often can you say, well, I have seen the worst film I've ever seen? <laughs> it's this Canadian film shot on video in 1989 called Things. Um, and it's just, it's about, well, it, I don't know what it's about exactly. There, there are four or five men in a house, a house which is, all the rooms are far too small to shoot a film in, basically. So it's really awkward. Um, and they just sit around chatting monologues and shitty dialogues just improvising talking absolute inane bullshit occasionally like there'll be a kind of alien bug thing that gets smashed up um it, about halfway through it just gives up on trying to be 
in any way serious and they start dubbing comedy lines over everything and oh it's so bad you know when people say oh have you seen The Room have you seen The Room it's the worst mm. film ever mm. fuck I wish I wish The Room was the worst <laughs> film I've made I'm envious I'm envious of anyone who thinks that The Room is the worst film I've ever seen because I mean, there, there's a there's a like a supercut best bits of things on YouTube and I could only even manage a minute of that it's so bad it's just so fucking inane the main um, guy has got a fabulous bum fluff tash. <laughs> the pictures I'm oh, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like just turn up and sit around and talk in front of the camera. And it was it was bugging me. I was just looking it up because I couldn't remember. I know that there's a former well, yeah, former porn star in that. <laughs> hey, it was, uh, it was Anne Boleyn. That's right, Anne Boleyn is it? She plays a completely straight role as a newsreader. For some reason, they put her auto cue way off to the right, so she's never actually looking at the camera while she's reading the news. <laughs> post porn facts, post porn facts, post porn facts. That's what CJ's good at. Good. Right, that's a nice way to end the highs and lows section. So now it's time to hit record on our theme. Infiltrate your border like ITM reporters, then return with the slaughter captured on camcorder. And our first feature is only fifty percent found footage, but it's the grand. Daddy of all found footage horror from 1980. It's Ruggiero Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust. Watch it, Alan. I'm shooting. Oh, good lord! It's it's unbelievable. It's it's horrible. I can't understand the reason for such cruelty. It must have something to do with some obscure sexual writer. With the almost profound respect these primitives have for virginity. When four irresponsible filmmakers go missing while making a documentary about cannibal tribes in the Amazon, a proper anthropologist retraces their steps and recovers their shocking footage. Let's mention that that proper anthropologist is played by Robert Kerman, who died a week ago, and oh. in fact the news of his death turned up the moment I finished watching it. Last uh, yeah. Tuesday, Ooh, Wednesday night. Spooky. Spooky. And he's also a former also porn star porn star. as well. Yes. Is he? Post porn facts. That's true, he is, yeah. That's nice because we've post- not had a post porn fact for ages, so it's nice to have two you wait, in one. You wait, you wait yeah. for ages then. Two come <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, hey. and um, what about what about uh, Perry Perkinen? Was he as well? Yes, what, sorry? Was Perry Perkinen a porn star as well? Or did he just have a porn star tag? <laughs> That's a the, porn star the, the blonde name. guy. Yeah. No, he's only actually been in four movies. Three of them he was uncredited. Yeah, he was one of the gravediggers in City of the Living Dead. Oh, I know why I thought that. It's because in City of the Living Dead, he talks about that porn film he saw where a guy hanged himself. Ah, of course to he death. does, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Right, anyway, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. So, uh, I mean, this is an absolute fucking uh, video nasty classic. So, when did everyone first see it? Because I, I first saw it sorry, in the classic way of um, a shit multi-generation boot. Same. Yeah, I got it got it through the post from some guy who was offering copied VHS tapes in the back of, I think, Fear magazine or one of those old magazines. They used to have classified ads where somebody would yeah. be like, uncut tapes, Fulci, Lenzi, Diodato, £10. Send a self-addressed envelope for a list. Cannibal Holocaust was by no means the first one that I got of him, but it was, it was one of them. Uh, I watched it when I was far too young to really be watching that kind of thing. And I think I didn't really appreciate it the way that I appreciate it now when I was that age, because it is so 
like unpleasant and full of mm. gore and nudity, but not in the way that I wanted when I was twelve. Because <laughs> back then, I was it's the like, wrong yeah. kind of nudity. Yeah, I, I wanted stuff that was very exciting. There's tits, and, but uh, they're disappointing me. Why? Well, yeah. no, it's like there's tits, but I feel horrible about this. It's, it's, yeah. the, whole, the whole film is, is yes. deeply uh, unpleasant, and it's why I love it now. Like I think it's one of the, the best horror films I've ever seen, but. I think I, I appreciate it a lot more as an adult uh, rather than somebody who was just seeking the kind of video nasty, salacious thrills that I was uh, uh, supposed to be seeking at that age. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's deeply, deeply unpleasant. I think it's really hard to watch Cannibal Holocaust and not have a, a response and be exactly the response that Dirdato wanted you to have. Um, are any of you new to this? New to uh, this is the first time I'd seen it all the way through. I thought I'd seen it before, but then I realised that I, yeah, I think I started watching it around a friend's house or something before, and was just kind of like, no, I'm not not really in the mood for this. Um, mm-hmm. But um, for the same reason that CJ wasn't in the mood for. It. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, no, don't cut the not tits the right off. No, tits. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I think it was the it was the animal cruelty, the unsimulated animal cruelty. Yeah, that's cruelty the worst that really part. Of it, I think yeah. fucked me well, up. I think watching yeah, it well. previously, and not that the other stuff that happens isn't fucked up too, but you know that's not real. Even though Diodata had to go to court to say that it wasn't real. Mm. Um, but yeah, it does I mean, look very real, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah, yeah mm. it does. Um, it, it surely is because um, because of the animal cruelty being real, the animal deaths being real, that. It makes you think maybe the maybe the yeah. people are yeah. Off of I, as well. that's, that's it's like I noticed that the bit where the Kotamundi that they erroneously call a muskrat is killed. That's immediately before the bit where the woman's killed or punished for adultery with the yeah. um, dildo and the spiked yeah, mud ball thing. Yeah. So it's like well, if they've just killed a an animal on camera for real, mm. maybe she's really having all this stuffed up. Do you think that's deliberate? Yeah. Do you think that's a deliberate decision that's been made? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I think it was. That's quite clever if that's true, isn't it? Because it definitely has that effect. Up to that point, it's been a bit of a jolly adventure, quite quite a violent adventure still. But it's mm. it really gets real once it gets to the uh, Mindy bit, which is that's the only death, the only animal death in the first half of the film, because it's the second half of the film, which is the uh, recovered, the found footage, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's actually they killed two monkeys for that scene, apparently. So that's they not did, the yeah. only monkey. Yeah, so it was six yeah. deaths in total. No, seven, six or seven. Seven, yeah. The first time I saw this film was about 10 years ago and I bought it in Denmark in a train station and wow. it said sort of it was all uncut and everything um, and I watched it and it was you know it was pretty horrific but I really liked it and I don't know if it is just because I'm older like you said and like actually that stuff didn't affect me in the, in the same way as it does now but um, yeah the monkey the, the, the animal cruelty really really stood out in the way that it didn't when I watched it last time so. it's the turtle that really gets me for some reason all yeah. it does it goes on that, for just, ages it oh, does so disgusting it's just disgusting isn't it it's, it's physically uh, repulsive to watch with the with the monkey muskrat you can maybe fake that but once they get to the turtle I was watching it yeah. I was like it was, I was having flashbacks yeah. to the Chinese black magic ones. It was like, is this yeah. real? Yeah. Is this? Oh no, that's, that's too wibbly. That's that's fine. And it's the wibbly. way it's yeah. the way it's uh, feet it's, and its its chin yeah. are still flapping. And when it's yeah, and the fact that the, even when its head's gone, its this its back legs are still going. It's, yeah. It's, oh, is, is there, has anyone horrible. else watched the um, on the Grindhouse releasing Blu-ray? The cruelty uh, free version. Yeah, there's a version that's been yeah. recut by you know, with Diodato's involvement uh, that doesn't have the animal cruelty in. And, it, oh. and it's really 
controversial on all the the fan forums because you've got some people just going, oh, well, it's not the real Cannibal Holocaust. Um, but I've I've watched it without the animal cruelty in, and it's still a really shocking film. And I mm. think the element of it that makes it feel a little bit real uh, is still there without the animal cruelty, as far as I'm concerned. I think that there is a lot of other really clever things that it does with with fan footage um, that I haven't seen any other fan footage film do, really. Just the way that it makes you believe what you're seeing. Uh, It's one of the few ones that actually gets it right with the editing. So you're never thinking, like, oh, who's edited this? Why have they edited it? And, oh, why have they cut here? And, you know, know, it's all explained why you're seeing what you're seeing and how you're seeing what you're seeing. And it feels authentic. And that's just good filmmaking. And it's almost a shame, and I, I know purists will hate me for this, but I think it's almost a shame that the animal cruelty is in it um, because I don't think it needs uh, it is obviously horrible to watch and also I just feel like the film would get so much more um, acclaim and respect in a way not that it needs it, but but I think for a lot of people outside of really the extreme end of horror um, they don't appreciate what a great film this is because it's very hard to watch that stuff. Um, did it get stick? Did it get stick for being racist? It does, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they they use the names of actual tribes as well. Oh, do mm. they? Yeah, and it's got like it's got like what five rape scenes in it? It's got it's there's an insane amount of. Mm. I mean, it's it's a horrible film, but but yeah. I think, <laughs> I think there's, there's, diff, there's different levels of, of of horribleness to it, and I think. The bit that you just can't really justify, uh, I, well, I can't justify really, is, is the animal stuff. Um, I don't want to trivialise the rape scenes, but when they're raping that woman in the mud, they're definitely all going to end up with urinary tract infections, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, that would be punishment. I think it's weren't. easier no, to they justify... Get, they, get, they get killed before... They get their infections. The the lucky ones died first. So yeah, every cloud. Um, <laughs> I I think that it's possible. It, it might be easier to justify the animal cruelty than the rape scenes. I think mm. possibly because because the animal cruelty. Oh, no, I can't believe I've just said that. I mean, <laughs> things you never. What I mean is the, those animal cruelty scenes do make that film seem very very realistic. Mm. Mm. And it sort of mirrors the way that they're killed at the end, right? They 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 butcher the animals and then they're in turn mm. butchered. Mm. And they but they also do that mirroring with the rape scene as well because the 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 the, the script editor gets gang raped at the end, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And they're doing yeah. that sort yeah. of similar mirroring. And he gets his um, knob chopped off. And he gets yeah. his knob chopped off, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? So they sort of sexualize the violence as well. I, it is a really good film. It's just really, 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 really horrible. Yes. <laughs> Um, I was watching Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory over Christmas. It was on, it was on Channel Five at about five in the evening. That's got footage of a live chicken having its head chopped off. Has it? Yeah. Oh yeah, in the, in the, the psychedelic boat ride bit. Yeah. Yeah, that feels yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Wow. There's a centipede crawling on someone's face as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not sticking it up. They're not vomiting up a centipede. But... No. no. <laughs> well, maybe in the uncut version, but no, not. not. <laughs> I'll tell you something else about Cannibal Holocaust. It's such a horrible film. Why has it got such lovely music? Oh, I well, love the, the so music clever, is it? absolutely it is banging. That is such a good soundtrack. Yeah. And I love the it's fact that lovely. it kind of goes from like electronica to sort of like kind of metal growling going on. And then you've got the sort of the cheesy, lovely guitar bit that just 
Yeah. That theme song is just brilliant. But yeah. from time to time, it does the bit from, you know, um, Pigeon Street. Do you remember Pigeon Street? Yeah, yeah. It's the start of Pigeon Street. And then someone gets their dick chopped off. It's like, wow. it's a tale of two halves, this film. <laughs> I really want the the person to have done the same set, the soundtrack for both now. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, that's right. Rizal Solani's <laughs> Pigeon Street. I don't do evil, obviously, on true ridiculous Wikipedia edits anymore. But if I did, that would be the one. It's <laughs> <laughs> also known for... No. So um, Rizal Solani had uh, done the music for Don't Torture a Duckling, which um, I think that's really where he used this technique first, with the scene where the suspected witch gets chain-whipped to death. There's a like sort of romantic pop song playing over that, and it's really effective. So, I think he just took that idea and really ran with it for Candle mm. Holocaust. But yeah, it's amazing music. Mm. We should mention the last Road to Hell section as well, where um, we see a bit of the film that they made in Africa, supposedly, and that's just old Mondo footage repackaged. Mm. So there's a, a lot of real human deaths in that. Yeah, of actual actual executions. But, I mean, wasn't wasn't this film uh, supposed to be Deodato's critique of the Mondo? Absolutely, uh, absolutely, film? yeah. Especially Africa Adio. Yeah, which because of that bit, um, and then and then like just to confuse things more, the, we're then told that that footage we've just seen was all staged. Mm. <laughs> so uh, it's it's just so clever. I mean, it's it's sort of clever up to a point, um, but then when it comes to the final line of the film. I wonder who the real cannibal is. It's heavy-handed, but I think you can get away with that more than than you can now. And it's amazing how many of these like really slow, pretentious films on Netflix have similar dialogue. Oh, the real monsters are us. And it's yeah. like you know, at least at least Cannibal Holocaust did it quite early on in that cycle. Is there something Vietnamy about it? Is there some sort of underlying Vietnam? I mean, part that when they burn down the village, it's yeah. got a bit sort of Malai, the American massive. imperialism oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah American yeah. imperialists going in and sort of guessing what they deserve yeah. in another country. Yeah, being gung ho and then yeah, because at the start, I mean, the incredible cockiness—it's laughable cockiness at the start, isn't it? When mm. they talking about the fact that nobody else has come back, and they're like, "Well, we're Americans, and we'll yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah, the greatest yeah, yeah. film crew there's ever been." I went into this film basic, not not fully blind, just sort of partially sighted. Um, <laughs> so I, I was aware of it and back in like the early 2000s when I was in sixth form we did um so I did film studies which makes me fully qualified for this um as an A-level and we we did a section we did like a term on video nasties but and we talked about uh, Cannibal Holocaust interestingly we never watched it so I only watched this film for like the first time yesterday and um mm. I wasn't sure what to expect it was horrible but out of all the fan footage films we've watched, I think this is probably my new favourite. Um, it it did is the make best me... one, probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. But, I mean, Dive it was well. so... I like films that stick with me, and it stuck with me to the point that my, my flatmates love me because I've cleaned the entire house and baked a cake because I just had to do something <laughs> wholesome today to uh, capture it. <laughs> but it was just so... I don't know, just, I sat there watching it and I was just like, this is this is fucking horrible. Like from the turtle scene, it was like, what what have I got myself mm-hmm. into? And then they were absolute bastards, so I was quite happy they all got their um killing. But then I went into mm-hmm. looking into it and stuff, and it was like, okay, so I put my A level seventeen year old head on. I was like, so what is he trying to say? But then I, I when I looked into it, like the only person who was saying it was like a big 
social commentary thing was the former porn star and everyone else is like no it's just a film we just wanted to do cannibals Um, yeah if you listen to his audio commentary he's really not happy about a lot of what they did to make the film which is kind of understandable well he'd probably hate us going is it about vietnam (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to put on my film studies head but it doesn't massively matter what they wanted it to be about like all of that yeah. sort of um, all of that footage from Vietnam and all of that stuff would have been very very fresh, and so like you know it all be part of it whether they wanted it to be or not. I think yeah. like now, every you know look back in ten years time, every single thing that's coming out of this country is going to be about Brexit, whether they want mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everything that comes out of um, out of Germany in the eighties is going to be about East and West and togetherness yeah. and sort of splitting up. Yeah. It just happens without you wanting it to happen. In the mid nineties, uh, I remember there was a news story in like one of the tabloids that um, a snuff movie had been on sale at a car boot sale, and it turned out to be Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, but I mean, there are some found footage movies that do present themselves as if they are genuine snuff films. Yeah. Um, films like the Palkiewski Tapes is a very popular one. Oh. Um, the August Underground movies, things like that. Mm. Um, have you seen any of those? I know CJ has. No. 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 Yeah, I've seen all, all of those. <laughs> yeah. I think... I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of fake snuff in, like... I like I like the idea. I think I think yeah. it's a really strong uh, concept for something that can unsettle. I think if anything, the first August Underground movie is closer to what I wanted than, than the other two, even though it's it's not very good, um, and it and it's probably the least extreme of the, of the three. Um, but it feels more believable um, because it's just two really rubbish bro dudes with a camcorder uh walking around doing horrendous things um yeah like going to a model village going to a farm it's very boring There's a, b- between their between their murderous activities we just have to watch all their fucking holiday footage it's yeah i mean that's that's what i meant when i said they do horrendous things they go to a model village <laughs> uh, and, and then they kill some people um but but i mean it does i think that mundanity that it has is is really strong and i think uh, a lot of the best fan footage manages to make that mundanity watchable which is something that august yeah. underground doesn't quite do which is a shame uh and then by the time you get to like mordom it's it's so i really but mordom is so over the top and so disgusting. i really like mordom I, mean, I, I think it's so shocking it's so horrible i, I like it for how far it goes but I don't think mm. it gets the plausibility as as strong as the first one. Like it's clearly a movie. What's this film called again? August Underground's Morden. I keep hearing that as Morden, which isn't the Morden. <laughs> <laughs> That's London Underground's Morden. <laughs> London Underground's Morden. <laughs> uh, right. So we asked you, our listeners, what your favourite found footage flicks are. And I've compiled them into a top five. And uh, let's face it, they're all a lot more accessible and less challenging than uh, anything we've talked about so far. Um, There are actually six films in your top five because in joint fifth place is... You were saying the church used to be a pagan temple. No, no. Not the building. But the ground. 2013's The Borderlands, a.k.a. Final Prayer, directed by Elliot Goldner. Uh, This is about a priest and a techie who have been sent by the Vatican to investigate the veracity of apparent miraculous activity in a church in Devon. Um, Brian, you just watched that today and you loved it, didn't you? No, I really liked it. Um, I really liked how uh, the techie and the uh, grey and the the deacon, the the priest, 
talked. Mm. Like that was those are my favourite bits. And as a techie, I can kind of relate because you do a show and you're just like, I don't give a shit. I just want to get my money. And he was just there, like, I don't give a shit. You're not getting paid like, for this, Brian. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for months. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed that. Um, and I liked the ending. And I liked, like, I like good British horror films. I like films where you know, I would hang out with, well, not hang out, but I'd be in the pub with these guys and then weird shit happens to them. And I like um, sort of pagan Christian like shit's going down that's a crying baby oh let's get the radio mics um sure um i mean gordon kennedy the i think the casting of gordon kennedy is an issue for me because he's a comic actor and robin hill who um not the place in isle of wight but the uh, actor is um uh, they're, they're like a comedy double act in this yeah and i find it very hard to find it a frightening film when they're sort of joshing around and having bants um which was weird because i definitely found it scary the first time i watched it and now i watched it again today i just can't see what i could possibly have found creepy about it that ending is proper creepy the ending is amazing. Gordon Kennedy's the best I thing watched, about it, I think. It's a great film. I watched that and I watched a, an American found footage film straight after and I came to the conclusion that I really do prefer my found footage because I don't really like found footage films, but I prefer them when the cast is not aesthetically pleasing. Mm, like, sure. it's, it's creepier. Um, so yeah, I just, I really liked it and I liked all the, the crawling around and just the lead up to it. Um, I did keep flashing back to Father Ted. I know. Yeah. Why would they call him that? Why would they call him Father <laughs> Krillick? Yeah. It's so close to Father Krilly. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father Ted Curly. Um, <laughs> At least he didn't like say the, bit- the money was just resting in my account. <laughs> <laughs> the Cthulhu was just resting in the cellar. <laughs> oh, I really... I really liked it. I like, because um, I, I was brought up vaguely religious, um, so I like films that I can sort of relate to. I can, I can relate to the bit where Grey's looking at the map for rude place names. Yeah. Like Bullcum. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know what you mean, Bryony, because I, um, I was raised slightly Catholic. Well, was raised Catholic. We just basically, we, we would go to mass on days when my dad knew he could go to the offie on the way home. Yeah. So Sunday evening one. Um, but there is kind of an element of, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what they're doing there. And sometimes it's just like, oh, there's a priest, bless. And then you try not to think about all the genuine real-life horror that priests have been involved in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Talking of which, genuine real-life horror, you know that bit towards the end where there's um, they find all the children's skeletons? Yeah. And they say, oh, it's the Mandeville Orphanage. Do you think that's a deliberate reference to Stoke Mandeville Hospital where Jimmy Savile raped all those disabled people i wondered if it was oh, also a reference yeah. to those orphanages in ireland where they found mass yeah, graves well. yeah. in jersey yeah. yeah yeah could be it's entirely possible what really i, I really liked um the borderlands as well but i think uh, the ending really freaked me out but because i really really don't like confined spaces and it's unusual mm. to see a film where horrible stuff happens in a confined space and you really really feel it yeah because so, um, great screaming at the end was just like genuine horrible horrible yeah. screaming yeah. Like, not like Hollywood, like, yeah, like Willem Scream. Is it Willem Scream? Wilhelm Scream, Wilhelm. Willem is a drag queen. Um, not <laughs> that one. So, <laughs> that'd be more like, yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it reminded me of Dog Soldiers, and I fucking love Dog Soldiers. Like, I love those, those tongue-in-cheek British horror films that are 
you know, kind of based in reality, but then get really weird and horrible. And have lines like, you can stick your Hail Marys up your fucking ass." Oh yeah, that was good. Um, Phil? I found I found it quite difficult to sit through. It was like... Um, Oh, I feel really bad now because everyone liked it, and I was no, no. I, no, I, right. I like it. I like it more as a sort of romp than a than a scary film. So, a romp? <laughs> how is it's how not is scary at all? The ending is proper ludicrous, like yeah, silly, absolutely. And um, Gordon Kennedy's good, but nobody else is. I don't think. And like you we were talking about before about how found footage films that are really good have a really strong setup for the cameras mm. being there, and for them per- and for them to continue filming once it gets weird. It mm. really doesn't have that. That tech guy is a, it's a really good impression of a tech guy, but that doesn't mean I want to watch one of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's really nailed those people. Um, <laughs> those but, people. I mean, man alive. He calls everyone dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really liked. I really liked the um, the gravestone changing. Thought that was wicked. You know, when he's rolling a fag and it's his name on the gravestone, mm. and then he goes back yeah, and his yeah. name's not on the gravestone. But other than that, <laughs> like such a dick. something that's going to come up time and time again with this is. Did it need to be a found footage film? No, it would have been better if it wasn't. By yeah, miles, I yeah. Agree. I just don't see the point. It would have been a nice sort of omen film, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the other one in Joint Fifth is uh, my favourite, actually. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Oh, shit. Can you hear us? Matt Reeves' Cloverfield from 2008, in which New York City is destroyed by a gargantuan alien monster. Um, yeah, so, I mean, other than Cannibal Holocaust, this is my favourite found footage film. Um, I think this does work as found footage, mm-hmm. because being right there in the streets as New York is tumbling down, obviously because of the 9-11 references, um, mm. you know, uh, it's, it's just terrifying. Yeah, and you would be filming. I think you would yeah, be filming. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Yeah. I think I think they do a good job of convincing you that that character would definitely be filming as well. I think that there's enough stuff in just the first five or ten minutes that just really sets it up well, like like mm. not in an ostentatious way, just in a really natural. The rest of the film is justified by. by no, like I, I thought he was such a stereotype durbrain though. The guy with the camera. Yeah, he's like, a durbrain. He really that's is. A great, that's a great way of describing him. That's he a, is a bog standard durbrain. 80s retro insults I'm trying to bring back. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this film, I'm afraid. Oh. Um, yeah, you are right on the streets and that's fine, but it just it looks too glossy and I find, with the exception of the goth chick that Durbrain is trying to chat up, who's quite cool, a lot of the other characters are just really, really, they're really annoying and I don't care what happens to them. And it's not that they're horrible people and, you know, that's there to prove a point, like in Cannibal Holocaust or something like that. They're just really tedious. I, I think the um, the CGI mm. is a little bit... Well, it's okay, but it just everything just looks yeah. too too clean and shiny and J.J. Abramsy and... Uh, I, th- so. I think it does it does go off the rails in, like, the last 10 minutes where, where it gets so CGI heavy. Like, I think mm. some of the CGI is really effective, like some of the stuff with the buildings and um, yeah, it's bit the monster bits really the, the that two, are a bit shit. Uh, buildings on that little strip of whatever metal uh, that, that that bit's really really nicely done for CGI. But yeah, the monster when it comes is it, it's like you should have maybe not shown quite as much of this. Yeah, um, if there'd just been like glimpses of it, it would have been a lot more a yeah. lot more effective. Mm. 
it, it, it's the kind of thing that I think if I'd seen like five minutes of it as like a short film or something, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's really good. But over the hour and a half that it's it just, I don't know, just, it just leaves me cold. If I'd seen it when it came out in cinemas, I would have liked it a lot more, but I actually saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I think the main girl's in like a sitcom or something. And I was just like, oh, it's her from that sitcom. And that kind of ruined it for me. Um it takes you out, doesn't it? Yeah. If you know somebody in it, you can't suspend your disbelief, really. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I fucking love it. And, um, watching it in, I watched the uh, 4K Blu-ray the other week and it looked, I, I think it looks amazing. I don't think it looks too glossy at all. And as for the soundtrack, the Dolby Atmos sound, it blew my advent calendar clean off my subwoofer. So it did. Uh, see, I was just watching it on Netflix. So. Yeah. I've only ever seen it on Oh, you blew my advent calendar clean off my subwoofer. <laughs> Right, your number four favourite found footage film takes us to Paris. As above, so below. That phrase is believed to be the key to all magic. It means that what is within me is outside of me. 2014's As Above, So Below, directed by John Eric Dowdle. This has an anthropology graduate exploring the Paris catacombs in search of the Philosopher's Stone. Um, banger? I just rang the banger bell, because this is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does that mean? Does that mean? Does that mean like worst film ever? Is that what banger means? No, no, no it means it's a good. banger. You know, it, it bangs. <laughs> Fucking does it. Like the girl in that. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. It's gen. It's it's really awful. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Bang. It's like it's terrible. I love it. I, I love all the alchemy stuff in it. I think it's got a really. Uh, a culty vibe uh, that a lot of movies that deal with the occult don't get as successfully as this one did. I think the story is idiotic on paper, like you know, like like so many fan footage films. Um, but I think the atmosphere is brilliant, and I think it got a lot of the alchemical stuff right, and it felt uh, I don't know, it gave me the creeps. I uh, I was I was creeped out despite the stupidity of the the basic premise i i loved it i like all the all the alchemy all the magic stuff but i didn't yeah i I thought it had that bit those bits were interesting but it was a bit of a well i fell asleep twice and yeah Mm, yeah. but i reround it for the to rewatch the bits that i'd fallen asleep in and fell asleep again so um (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) It's all filmed in the Paris. It's actually filmed in the Paris catacombs, yeah. isn't it? Mm. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find a spookier, scarier place on Earth. It made me oh, want no, to visit. Oh no, no, there. no! I used to think that, and I've I've been to much better catacombs since. Oh really? Uh, there are tons of these catacombs and crypts around. Uh, it's one just outside Palermo in Sicily, and all the bodies are kind of mummified. They're oh, just wow. mummified bodies. Absolutely, tons of them. Yeah, they sort of. Yeah, it's it's horrific. That isn't it? Mummified yeah, it's really odd. When they, I went there on Christmas Day last year. Wow, Aww. festive. Wow. Did they put yeah. little hats on them? <laughs> <laughs> Christmas jumpers. <laughs> I'd love to go um, in catacombs, but the aforementioned fear of confined spaces obviously kind of does well, that. Of course. For me, so. Well, this this film made me really, really want to go to the catacombs. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was the most I got. Doesn't cool. Movie. Made me want to go on holiday mm. and not watch this movie. I didn't care. I mm. really did not care. Yeah, I think that's my mate. Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. And I didn't like how enthusiastic um, the British girl was. 
She was really annoying. I liked yeah, her actually. Was, oh, she can fuck her. Weeks, I like her. Ah, she was the standard horror British girl. Like when it's an American production, there's always like one enthusiastic, very clever British girl who's very thin, going. And I know two languages, and I've got five master's degrees, and I've got a pony, and I'm going to go into catacombs because my daddy never approved. Uh, and find a stone. Yeah, she says father insisted, didn't she? Father, like, mate, all father. our fathers insisted. Um, I think a good example of how shit this film is is the bit where they find um, the piano in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy, George, he goes, oh, that looks just like the one I had when I was a kid. But that one had a broken key. And then he plays it. And it's, <laughs> and got, it's got a broken, broken key. key. And, he, and he goes, yeah. oh, what are the chances? oh, that's scary. Yeah. And it's never mentioned again. It's just a fucking... Yeah, that's not... Don't you know anything about the old intention? I think I mean, like, there's, there's a lot in this movie that I would normally criticise massively. Um, so I can't necessarily justify my love, but I don't know. Give me the creeps. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's people running down corridors, right? It, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? I don't know why I like this movie so much. Because and, when, and when she's on her own crawling down the tunnel, who's filming her face? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, from the fan footage point of view, this never, ever justifies half the camera angles, half the edits. Um, I absolutely appreciate that. And to the point where when I was watching it, I didn't even see it as fan footage. I was just like, yeah, they're just filming it a bit verite. It does feel like that at the start. It just feels like a normal film with a handheld yeah. camera. And that was fine. It's when they go in the tunnels, it's like, ugh. Mm. But... Yeah. Alchemy. How is that? <laughs> oh, well, in that case. No. Right, at number three. At number three, a surprisingly low placing for the one that kicked it all off. Is that the Blair Witch? No, I think it's Heather taking a piss. <laughs> so, the Blair Witch Project. Oh. High eight's a horrible looking format to make a film on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Blair Witch Project. It's great. Do you? I'm yeah. Gonna- Side with Phil and go. I also love it. I didn't rewatch it because I saw it a lot as a teenager, and yeah, I, I when I lot. do start to rewatch it as an adult, I have to turn it off because it gives me the willies. It puts the yeah, shit. It still scares me. me. Yeah, I saw this I in the it's... cinema when it first came out, and people were proper terrified. Not in a kind of fainting yeah. way, but just in that everybody was very, very silent throughout. It was yeah, it was a proper event. Like, yeah, that it really was. Really happen anymore. I will and, say um, that. I will agree with that. It was an event. You had to see it at the time because there hadn't been anything else like like it. Yeah. In the marketing of it was absolute genius. The marketing you, is that, yes. That because people genuinely didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah. Which now seems so stupid. Mm. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So like it's, it's real. real actual death footage, and we're going to put it in multiplexes oh. all around the world. <laughs> I think. I think that's that's <laughs> kind so of great. The issue I had at the time was because I'd already watched a lot of like video nasties and um, that had been through that whole like we can buy stuff film like car boot sale and all of that yeah. terror in the the sort of late eighties early nineties. I felt like. By the time all this Blair Witch stuff was kicking off, there wasn't a part of me even for a second that, that bought into the mm. marketing. Like, I agree, it's no, brilliant marketing. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, for me, it was just like, yes, I've, I've already heard all of all of this and it's, it's fake. And then when I saw the film, it is like 70 minutes of really annoying people yelling at each other. And <laughs> That's so boring. It's really What's hard to watch. I've seen it twice. I saw it at the cinema and I thought it was 
pretty good. I came out scared because I thought the I think the ending once they go into the house, mm. which is a properly production designed oh, bit yeah. of horror. Good end, right? Yeah, and that's that's good. Forest is just a forest. Have you noticed though? In a lot of these found footage films, like nothing really actually happens until about seventy minutes in, and then all the scary shit happens, and that's what's yeah. yeah. mm. I don't mind that if it's well written and stuff like that, but this is improvised. And it's and it's yeah. improvised by three people who are not interested in improvisers, and it's incredibly boring. I think that they do they they do sort of ramp up the tension by by having them disappear one after another, and having mm. teeth be found, and having like um, those ten. things in the the, the things ten. hanging in the trees shit me up so much when I was a kid, <laughs> and that was like you know sparks like halfway through or something. I think it does. I think it ramps up better than any other. It's a slow sort of building up towards that sort of terror at the end, which I like a lot of them try, but none of them has ever really mm. done better than Blair Witch. Mm. And it might be just because, just because, yeah, because I've seen it 755 times and fucking love it. But um, <laughs> and just gloss over the fact that um, just some of the acting is iffy. Yes, <laughs> it's, I like it. So I sort of, I was kind of, but re- having a rewatch, there's always kind of a moment of um, oh god, why are they so shouty? But mm-hmm. like when he kicks when he kicks the map into the ravine, yeah. And I hate listening watching. That. There's two bits I don't like watching. I don't like when he kicks the map into the ravine, and I don't like when he goes, "What's your motivation? What's your motivation?" Because <laughs> I'm like, those two bits mm. are so like this is not happening. This these this this is just actors. I don't know. Have you ever been camping though? It's pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, camping does make people go. I got kicked off Duke of Edinburgh, but it was very. Well, actually, I went on wow. Duke of Edinburgh. The, well, I got kicked off, um, but then it, I went on Duke of Edinburgh the same sort of time as I saw Blair Witch at a sleepover. So it was horrible. And we got lost. And then I called the organiser a cunt. And then I got kicked off. <laughs> wow. You called the Duke of Edinburgh a cunt? I called him a cunt because he gave us the wrong coordinates and we ended up in Falking. Um, <laughs> is Falking a real place? It sounds like something. Yeah. It's a real it's not, place. It's not far from Balkan. You, you should have at it's least called him a Falking cunt. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it does sound like you were justified in calling him a cunt. To be honest, I, well, that's what I thought. But I was thirteen, and apparently, cunt was not an appropriate word. But I, I was raised by I was raised by Scottish people, and cunt in our house is a term of endearment. So, really, he got off very light. I didn't call him a proper cunt. I called him a cunt, cunt. Well, that's um, all right then. Yeah. Uh, your second favourite film in the genre. In our listeners' poll is this is not a Scandinavian beer. No Croatia. Huh? Croatian beer. Croatian beer. Very similar to Scandinavian, they seem very close. From Norway in 2010, it's Andre Elvredal's Trolljägeren, or Troll Hunter. About a student group of documentary makers who are hunting down a poacher, but uh, find that what he's actually doing is hunting trolls. What do you think of Troll Hunter, guys? Hmm? It's good. It's they fun, like I trolls. liked it. Yeah, they look like trolls. One of them's called a toss lad, which is yes. <laughs> I'm sure I've yeah. I'm sure I've seen that as someone's internet dating profile before. One's called a rim tosser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the really big one called? The really big one's impressive, you know, the really massive. Is it like one a mount yeah. is it called like a mountain king or something? It hasn't got a comedy yeah. rude name. Well let's just say it's called a wanger I'm... if we can't remember. <laughs> wanger. <laughs> 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 Massive troll wanger. Um, it's, a, it's a fanny. There we go. Giant ones have fans. Right, so it's a comedy. 
It's more of a comedy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a it, comedy. It's, it's good fun. It's nicely made. Or it's like a kind of kids' horror film. It's kind of an entry level I think horror I, film for kids. I, I saw it at the cinema, and I think for the first half, I was just thinking, oh my God, another fan footage movie. And then I started to get the joke, and then just couldn't stop laughing. And I just thought it was really funny and enjoyable. Mm. Uh, there's so many just hilarious scenes and lines. Um, I, I loved it. There's a lot of deadpan weird shit in it, which is which is fine, which is fun. So I like the way they use kind of um, bits of scenery that they've just found while filming. Yeah. Like, so, so like if there's a hillside that's got a load of rocks scattered around, they'll say, "Oh look, trolls have been fighting here." <laughs> or if there's like a load of fallen trees, like old oh, trolls been stomping through this forest. Mm. Um, and and the, do you know the bit where they say that? Um, Oh, you see all the electricity lines and pylons. They're, they're an electric fence to keep the trolls. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's good fun. It's, it's, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. But hilarious. I'm surprised, CJ. I wouldn't... I thought it was really funny. Like, in, in a... Um, you know, it's not, it's not like... Ga- it's not a gag fest, but I think mm. once you pick cheek. up on... I, no, I think once you, once you pick up on the tone of it, almost every scene in the second half has got something funny in it mm. like something something that you'll just chuckle at um i, I don't know i i really it tickled me and we can now reveal that the devil times five listeners favorite found footage movie comes from spain in 2007 <laughs> wreck directed by jaime balaguero and Paco Plaza, in which a TV presenter and her cameraman uh, see some zombies in an apartment building. Um, everyone seems to love Wreck, except me. Oh, why don't you like I don't, it? I'm not a massive fan. Why don't I like it? Yeah. Um, it's just a load of shouting. Oh. But in Spanish, so it's cultural. <laughs> see, I think, I, I do suspect, I do suspect this is one of those instances of a foreign language film being seen by people who don't normally watch a lot of foreign language films and thinking, well, it's better than most of the shit I do. I I think with a lot of found footage, it's how you see it and the mood it catches you in. Because I think more than most subgenres of horror, it's really visceral found footage because it's so simple a lot of the time. Like, they're not complicated plots. They're not original ideas. The idea is just, bang, we're going to scare you. Boom, in your face. And I think with Wreck, I watched that um, at a friend's flat uh, in a tower block, like on the on the top floor in mm-hmm. some tower block in Mile End. Um, and we were watching it like after midnight, we'd been to the pub, came back, stuck on wreck. And we we're both just terrified, just shitting it. Mm. it. It was just really, really scary and intense. Um, I think if I'd watched it in the middle of the day by myself, you know, with, with, with the phone next to me, looking at Facebook, it wouldn't have had the same effect. Um, and I think a lot of fan footage is like that. Like, as above, so below, you all said it was shit, and I'm, I'm kind of doubting myself now, but it just caught me at the right moment, whereas Blair Witch didn't. And, and I think it's the same thing for, for, for all of us. It's just that visceral response um, that you get with fan footage where mm-hmm. you either connect to it and you're scared or you don't, because, because all these films are just... Wander around, wander around. Mm-hmm. Scary. Yeah. The well, that's the good thing about Wreck. It does once it the action hits. Like, what is it? Twenty minutes in, maybe sooner than that. It hits and it doesn't stop. Yeah, um, it's relentless, isn't it? From like about. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen like it relentlessly since. Relentlessly, just shouting and like Parkinson's disease, camera work and bad acting. <laughs> it's it's like watching a really annoying episode of Treasure Hunt. 
<laughs> just watching that that woman oh, TV. I agree with this is one of the rare occasions I agree with CJ because I watched it um, years ago with a mate and like on a laptop in the dark and afterwards like neither of us wanted to go to the toilet because it was down the <laughs> corridor. Like it maybe it's because it just caught me at that moment like you were saying, but my feelings towards Wreck will always be like. That really put the shits up yeah. me the first time that I saw it. That last bit where it where it changes to something else, oh. where you've been watching this zombie movie yeah. that, that is quite familiar but but intense, and then you just have like those last ten minutes that I I did not see coming at all, where it just mm. kind of drops attic. another level of scariness. Yeah, yeah. in the attic, mm. and then you yeah. feel like the, the priest stuff. I mean, it's another yeah. Catholic. There's a good jump scare in that bit. I'll give it that. Mm. And the, yeah. the the windy man, the long mover. <laughs> I I haven't rewatched Wreck for this. I watched it whenever it was, maybe five years ago. And again, it was I remember it just being like fun. You know, it's zombies in a tower block and the sort of squelchy thing at the end. Um, I don't remember being like I don't remember being sort of like bowled over by it. But like, I think you're absolutely right when you say you've got to be in the mood for it. And I don't think it. I don't remember being scared by it. But I remember thinking it was a fine sort of fast shouty zombie film. Um, but it doesn't. It, it, uh, I don't get the same sort of reaction because people fucking love Wreck. They think it's, mm. they really love it, and I don't have that. I wouldn't. I would put it below the top five in, in this. I would put it quite. Yeah. Well, you're. It's wrong. fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> the passive aggressive movie. <laughs> There's the really good jump scare at the beginning. I think that when I when I first saw it, I watched it in the dark on my own. And I well, rewatching it this time, I was thinking, oh, is it not? Because having only seen it once before, is it still going to have that impact? But the bit that still got to me was the bit where the guy gets lobbed down the stairs at the beginning. The, mm. the security oh, guard right, guy. Yeah. Yeah, That's just really yeah. beautifully choreographed because there's kind of silence and then you just get him just appearing and it's... I'm not really a massive fan of jump scares, but that was that's a, that's a good one. And the one at the end's good as well. Um... Yeah, it's it's not it's not amazing, but it is very very good. And there is the kind of visceral thing. It is it is quite shouty, but if you kind of get on board with that, it's it's one of those films where you you know you get the sort of a bit of adrenaline pumping, and it's um, yeah, it's it's mm. fun. It doesn't it doesn't have a particularly good reason to be found footage either, does it? I, no, I, I other than the fact that it's a TV show, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't know why he keeps recording, but then isn't the name the name of the program she's hosting called like "While You Were Sleeping"? While you were yeah. asleep, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a horror film? Uh, that's a Sandra Bullock romantic rom-com? comedy, isn't it? I don't know. Well, that's a horror. While you, film, while you were sleeping. Isn't it one of those rom-coms with a premise that sounds like a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah. So someone's in a coma, but it's romantic because... He does, so... I haven't seen it, but isn't it Sandra Bullock? um, Her fiancé goes and... Or some bloke she's met, just met, but was going to go on a date with, is in a coma. Yeah. And then she falls in love with his brother or something. Yeah. While presumably giving him coma handjobs. (laughs) <laughs> that's one of my favourite bands Coma Handjobs <laughs> their, their peel session was fucking majestic after the blood puddling sex parasites John Spencer penis explosion we can now add Coma Handjobs to the list <laughs> right let's move on to our second feature in this very international episode of DX5 because we've got from Belgian directors Remy Belvaux, André Bonzel and Benoit Poulvoud it's say arrive près de chez vous. It happened near you, aka Man Bites Dog. And here is the fucking dreadful English language trailer. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker, and I'm making a film about Ben. 
a man of many talents. But what fascinated me most about Ben was the intensity he brought to his work. Ben was a killer, an extremely clever and creative killer, almost to the point of genius. He was quite a guy. So when he asked us to join in the fun, we felt honored. I mean, he was the star of our movie. Afterwards, we all celebrated into the night, and what a party it was, for a short while at least, until things got way out of hand. Man bites dog. Wow! Isn't that great? That's that sounds like terrible. Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly like you should have like freeze frame record scratch. Well. I guess you're wondering how I got here. Man Bites Dog recut as like a teen comedy. John Hughes. That's the genuine trailer that they had in America. (laughs) This is the story of a documentary crew who, in the course of making a film about a local serial killer, get increasingly involved in his crimes. Uh, Phil, you chose this as your. Oh, well, the reason I chose it because I've never seen it. Um, And I know it has. I know it has um, a bit of uh, notoriety, doesn't mm. it? And I've wanted a reason to watch it, really. Um, so I watched it today for the first mm. time. And I think it's good, isn't it? I think it's, it's pretty funny. good. Mm. It's good. It's yeah. funny. It's funny. It has some genuinely terrifying murders. The first, the, the strangling the woman on the train, the very first scene. 20 pretty, seconds in. That is a really horrible murder because it looks extremely realistic. Mm. Um, or, in fact, all of the murders look pretty realistic, I think. Mm. Um I think the the, 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 the humour in it is quite good. The main guy is an absolute arsehole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, one of the most unpleasant people ever been who's on film, really. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. It probably gets a bit silly, even more silly towards the end. Um, I think maybe with the sort of Italian... Is it the Italians that finally that, kill yeah. everybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the gangster think, guys, yeah. Gangsters kill everybody. But... Um, I really like the fact that um, all his friends are like, oh, we don't really care about what his job is. We don't really discuss it. Mm. And I thought that was quite a nice sort of middle class, yes. you know, sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek little joke they're doing. And I guess I, I'm not entirely sure. I was Googling it afterwards to try and work out. It feels like it means something. Um, and I was Googling it, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it does mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It was realistic and, and horrific and all the things that they should be. And they're making a documentary, right? So at least there's a reason for them to be filming. Mm. I like the fact that the sound man gets shot every now and again. <laughs> they have to get a new sound yeah. man, like Spinal Tap. Spinal and tap, the little yeah. the speech that the guy does to camera about how he would be the best sound guy. And he, um, it's exactly the same word for word to the point yes. where yeah. two of them have the same it's... woman who is expecting, his, expecting their child. Yeah. <laughs> but it also, has horrific rape scenes in them in it yeah um like cannibal holocaust yeah. out of nowhere really realistic visceral rape scenes gang rape scenes yeah which i, I don't know doesn't seem that really... scene is horrible because you, you 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 know it's horrible and fucked up and you get kind of into the sort of you're like right okay this this is what's happening this is a dark world in this particular film and then they're pissed and they bust in on this couple who look like they're in a 70s porno and they're having sex and you're like hey what do we have what have we here and then it's sheer horror. And then they're muti- They're kind of mutilated. Yeah, and the, yeah. the camera they, lingers they, they, over and then her they wake body. Up just like a bit like they're having a party. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole crew um, wakes up, and it's just like they've just woken up, hungover at a house party. Yeah, but with more guts and rape. 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I had a weird experience with this one because I first watched it when it came out uh, because there was so much uh, controversy over it at the time. And, and it, I think, yeah. it, was it Cannes that it did quite well at? Or some yes, I think like, so. reasonably respectable festival, uh, which is the only way that it managed to get a release at the height of... Uh, video censorship in the UK so and it is still banned places right I think it's still banned in maybe Sweden or something like oh, that it's like quite, sure quite possibly it. yeah but I think at, at that point it was really exciting to get hold of something that was this nasty on video without having to go through an ad in the back of a magazine um, <laughs> and you know I was a teenage edgelord so I, I, I thought it was great were you a neckbeard uh, oh, not quite, but um, but yeah, you know, I, I thought it was uh, fantastic back then. Watching it now for the first time since the nineties, found it really annoying. Like, like I found it really repetitive, and uh, it's one uh, joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and, and well, so. yes, it is. It is disturbing, and it is really, really unpleasant. But unlike Cannibal Holocaust, which I thought like made me feel like sick but in a good way this made me feel sick in, a, in an exhausting way like i was just tired by the end of it i, I, I don't know I and mean, i think the fact that it does go so stupid as well with like you know the other camera crew with the, with the, the other serial killer mm-hmm. and and you know the, the way it all ends I, it just it just feels really a little bit puerile and i think any impact that it has is kind of just a result of being so extreme so it does have that kind of teenage. Oh, let's just push it as far as possible, which is why I love it. Does, it does. It does really remind me of like again. I'm referencing my my A level in film, but we had to make a little film, and a couple of people did films about serial killers, and I've worked on a short film about serial killers, and the short film I did about serial killers worked because it was three minutes long, at yeah. the most. Um, but this one, I got it. I got the joke, and I was like, okay. And then it just didn't feel like there was any plot. Um, yeah progressing it and then it was like suddenly the Italians showed up just to give it a bit of resolution um, and then I found myself because it's in black and white and it's French and everyone uses their real first names I was like I could just be watching The Hen um, <laughs> which isn't a horror film but it's better um, yes. <laughs> and then it was like yeah I don't know like today I watched Cannibal Holocaust and, and this film and I was just a lot of rape for one day Like, yeah. I kind of get Cannibal Holocaust because it does progress the plot but there was no need for this. It was like, it kind of felt like, we're just going to put this to throw it out there and just be like, we're, yeah. we're super extreme because this should have been three minutes, but we've got an hour and a half. Um, yeah. And then wow, I think we, we agree again. I, felt, I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> New year. <laughs> I don't remember what I thought of it when it first came out, but I have a feeling I probably thought, yeah, that's all right, isn't it? Because like, how can you not like a film with this much violence in it when you're, when you're a teenager but watching it now it's just it's just it's got one idea that it hits you with at the start and then just repeats it over and over again mm. it wants to be henry portrait of a serial killer but um henry has heart henry has a humanity to it and a sense of humor that is actually funny whereas um man by his dog yeah it's just annoying pure it's not it's not anywhere near as clever as it thinks it is I yeah. think. um and I, I i think that maybe it has a bash at doing that thing where it makes the audience complicit um 
but doesn't really get that right yeah i think that's kind say, of what they're does. trying to do and also um the idea that the sort of documentary filmmakers are complicit if they just film something yeah. horrible that's that's mm. going on and then put it out well also they they go along with it so easily there's no conflict between them no mm. they try and they, they they try and make this sort of something i didn't understand is they try and make this sort of idea that there's a documentary film crew filming a serial killer and as the film goes on they become complicit yeah. they become yes but it didn't take if them you much. start them if drinks. you start filming a serial killer you're complicit from the word yeah. go yes. <laughs> yeah. like and it, it is totally it's unbelievable from the start as well and and if it, i can't believe a concept a premise from the very start then i'm not going to be that interested in how it develops i think yes it's a uh, farcical concept and yeah. and, and, and sort of plays out as a far it's like it's like a sort of mr bean film with extreme violence <laughs> um, you know which what it's no bad oh, i'd love watch to watch mr bean, bean again. bites dog <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself watching Mr. Bean for the first time in 25 years if that came out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, shall we play Scary Noises? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, okay. So, CJ and Bryony versus Emily and Phil, as ever. We got any interesting uh, buzzer type things this month? I do. I hope not. Bang about. It's a box of pins. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I moved, no, because I moved house, so usually I'd use my hairdryer. But my my new room, the hairdryer's on the other side of the room, and you know I've not got time for that. So I I found these First next to my bed. <laughs> Great. It's a good day. Oh yeah, everyone needs a box of pins by the bed. I'm very happy. <laughs> Brian and her bed of nails. <laughs> So uh, six pairs of clips to identify, and one of each pair uh, is a found footage film. Where was it you think we met? It's your house, don't you remember? No, no, I don't. Are you sure? Of course. As a matter of fact... I'm there right now. Yes, Emily. Uh, the music is Wreck. It is. You got the dialogue? Don't know what the dialogue is. feel like I should know. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm not going to be able to get it. So you don't, Bryony? Is it Lost Highway? It certainly is. Yeah. Well done. Okay, here's the second one. What exactly malfunctioned isn't clear and authorities aren't saying. All we have from that night is the video the tour goer shot uploaded to YouTube before the police got hold of it and the 911 calls. The only other thing, and that didn't really tell us much of what was going on inside. Then this photographer, Mark Clogger, comes along. Yeah, Emily? Is the dialogue Funhouse LLC or whatever it's called? Hellhouse LLC, yes. yes. Well done. Wow. Mm. Um, music? Oh, no idea. Don't know. It's I liked though. it. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's groovy. It's yeah. definitely groovy. Made me want to go stabbing in a fabulous outfit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maxi dress. Is it, yes. Is it from Night of the Maxi Dresses? Stabbing Maxi Dress. <laughs> stabbing Maxi Dress Part 2. <laughs> On a double bill with Bean Bites Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, from, it's from Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Uh, ah. Here's the third one. DJ is not normal. 
he's evil. No, so he's bad like to play games. You know that. I'm no, not, he likes to and apologize. He scares me, he scares you, he scares everybody. I just no. can't take it no. anymore. <laughs> Come on, calm down. No! The dummy, the phone call, he was in his room, it wasn't him. Yes, Emily. The music is as above, so below. Yes, I don't. Ooh. Wow. Great. Weirdly, one of the few things I liked about Us Above, So Below was that song. It was Ace. Yeah. yeah. The end credits are blatantly made by a completely different company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the dialogue is, but I feel like I should. That makes sense. DJ was laughing. But I think yes, because, because if, I, if I heard it right, did it not say something like CJ scares CJ everybody yeah. and then launched into a tirade about how, uh, yeah. how awful I am? Is it post porn <laughs> facts the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Bloody Birthday? No, it's Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. Oh, God! That was the problem. Was I was thinking little kids dressed up in like shirts, and yeah, I, <laughs> oh yeah, that famous there. film with the kids dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> little no, kids right in now. shirts. Oh my god, that's that's quite a frightening premise, especially especially if they're wearing bow ties as well. <laughs> and Velvet bow ties. Bracelet. Oh fucking hell, yeah. yeah. Oh. But I, I swear, there's like kids. night of the wedding guest kids. Yeah. <laughs> Those child cummerbunds. His waistcoat is too small. <laughs> he shouldn't be wearing a waistcoat. He's only four. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he trying to impress? Uh, right. Okay. Halfway through, it's three-one to let Emily and Phil. Uh, is the fourth pair? One lifetime. This creature seems to evolve through four growth stages. Starts out as a fish, but as human birth this final stage. Why are they attacking us? Well, most bright animals protect their territory and their food sources. Maybe intelligent enough to perceive man as a competitor. Nothing. Oh. That was some very tough, intense but... music. Mm. Yeah. Music was from Frankenstein's army. Oh. And uh, the dialogue is monster, humanoids from the deep. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. Number five. I'm your host, Lance Preston, as always. And tonight, I'm very excited to take you inside one of the most terrifying locations I've ever seen. Behind me sits the Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital. It's one of six buildings spread over 80 acres of land just outside. You're going to have to drive some You're going to have to cut things immediately driving. We're going to pick it up from there. I'm not going to do that beginning part again. No. Uh, the dialogue VHS. No. I feel like I should know the dialogue because he basically just says the location, so it should be really obvious. But it's, I'm not getting it. I feel like the film that's coming to mind is so shitty that you probably would not have even seen it, let alone sampled it for this. But it's a no, I mean, film called The Lost Episode. No, it's not The Lost Episode. No. Uh, no, the music was from Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Oh, mm. And the dialogue was from Grave Encounters. Oh. So it's 3-1 at the moment to Emily and Phil. CJ, this is the first time like we've agreed and we're failing miserably at the uh, scary true, noises. We've got to get back to disagreeing so that uh, yeah. <laughs> quizzing strength can be... Uh... Cool, cool. I mean, if you do the double on this one, then you will win. Uh, so let's yeah. see what happens. Number six. 
How did you even find it? Do you have like a search alert set up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And usually it's nothing, but the guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the black. Oh, oh no, 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 no. yes, Brianie. Brianie, it's all right with your pins, Brianie. It's the it's the dialogue from the Blair Witch, the new one. It's from the Blair Witch sequel, yes. Wow. Yes. Yay. You get the music. Thank you. Uh, uh, I reckon Phil could, had that one. Could, could, or no, could TJ. You, could you sing it? Because <laughs> I you used could. to do quite well when you that sang does, it. That does work, doesn't it? Like, boom, 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 is it Pigeon Street? Can I, can I, can I answer? Because it's making me want to kill myself. Yes. <laughs> no, one more bar. It's Dust Till Dawn! Ah! It is, Phil, yes. It's Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> 4 2 to Emily and Phil. What well Yes! <laughs> We were a bit late getting our shit together to record this episode, which means there'll be another one right around the corner. And to celebrate the milestone that is our 25th show, we'll be examining my all-time favourite horror franchise, Saw. Uh, But before we go, let's just quickly run through our highs and lows of horror released in 2018. Emily, let's start with you. What's your high and your low of the year? Um, My high um, might change my mind if I watch it again, but at the moment I'm thinking it's the the remake of Suspiria. Really liked it. Wasn't expecting to. Thought it was fucking awesome excellent choice and you low um i'm gonna repeat myself from earlier as it's the only i think the only really bad thing i can think of that i've seen that was actually made in 2018 um and that's apostle okay phil um my high is annihilation i really like that i thought it was um i've never seen a film that actually looked like it's it the film itself had cancer i thought that was extremely (laughs) clever um and genuinely sort of viscerally horrific and sort of went in and made me think about it for a long time it's really beautiful but also really horrific and i know it's not the worst film that i've seen this year but i'm going to go for hereditary just because um just because i thought it was going to be so great and i was just disappointed so much i think just Mm. i'm not saying it's the worst film ever but it's just um the 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 distance between how how excited i was to see it and how sort of disappointed i think is the biggest is my biggest disappointment okay brownie for me uh my high is hereditary because my expectations are always low um, and I really enjoyed it. No, I really enjoyed it. I like one. I like satan-y things, um, and that had a lot of satan-y things in it. Um, my low would be again. This is a struggle. I've not seen many new releases, so I went through what I've seen, and it would the lowest of them was the Cloverfield Paradox. It oh, was, oh, that is dog shit. A bag of dicks. <laughs> big old bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. Same day. <laughs> uh, my high is upgrade which I just cool. loved. Uh, it's not finish. Um, like, the low. Like, I looked at the list of films that I've watched this year, and there's so, so many that were competing for the low. <laughs> you have not had a good year of it, have you? No, I mean, I really hated all of the ones that people have mentioned so far, like Apostle, Hereditary, <laughs> um, the Cloverfield Paradox. They were all gash. Uh, Annihilation I hated as well. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's all right. I oh no, I couldn't stand it. So I, th- I think like are we oh, it's so tricky. I reckon the absolute worst would probably be selfie from hell. <laughs> <laughs> that that was just piss. Uh, like oh, man. I 
yeah, and that's that was some stiff competition to win that. So oh. well done, Selfie from Hal. Uh, my high is uh, Climax, and my low is um, The Executioners, which I mentioned, I think, in July's episode, um, which was a horrible uh, rape, revenge, home invasion thing. Uh, right, so there are our highs and lows of 2018. Highs, Suspiria, Annihilation, Hereditary, Upgrade, and Climax. Lows, Apostle, Hereditary, Clothefield, Paradox, <laughs> Selfie from Hell, and The Executioners. Good, that's another year done. So join us in two or three weeks' time for our Saw episode. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Find us on Twitter, Facebook or Letterboxd. Our email address is dx5podcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. You may now stop recording. Oh,